Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And I'm Robin Cage. And today we're all awaited in Valhalla because we're looking at Mad Max Fury Road. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I do not want to be awaited in Valhalla. <laughs> All right, we're strapping on our flamethrower guitars because well, we're looking now, at Mad Max okay, Fury no, no, Road. No, no, no. Hold better? on, hold on. Okay. I, I want a flamethrower guitar. Great. Hundo P, but I do not want to go anywhere. Get out your fork and knife for a two-headed lizard because we're looking at <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> I'd go just about anywhere if I could have a flamethrower guitar. Yes, but would, would I follow Immortan Joe? Who did I call him last night? King John? King I John. Remember his King name. John. I was like, what, that's guy? King John? Anyway, I don't want to go anywhere following that guy any old place. Uh, Robin, I really thought you were going to say, I'd go anywhere that served two-headed lizard. <laughs> just to oh, try yeah, it once. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Sushi style. <laughs> uh, yes, as you have heard, uh, listener, we have a special guest today. We're breaking out the trumpets. Uh, actor, singer, songwriter, composer, Robin Cage. Yay! Welcome. Welcome to the fanfare. <laughs> Thank you. So good to have you with us here today talking Mad Max. Uh, real quick, listener, don't forget, if you haven't done so already, please uh, rate the show uh, wherever you can, wherever you listen to it, and subscribe. So smash that smash subscribe, that subscribe button. button as our, our nephew says about his paper plane making smash YouTube that subscribe channel button. every time smash that subscribe button uh, and it tickles me to no end uh, so <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road came out on May 15th 2015 and was directed by George Miller and written by George Miller Brendan McCarthy and Nick Lathyrus Amy Joe and Robin what are your experiences with Mad Max Fury Road had you seen it before let's start with you Robin I saw it in the theater um, and I've seen it many times since, and I love this movie. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. I actually edited together a, a music video for one of my remixes using the black and white version oh, of the, of the film, just clips I'd pulled from YouTube. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with all things post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, this was no exception. This was just a dream come true for me. Well, so and you live in Utah, so like the landscape feels like it must be similar to a lot of what you it see. It looks like like this could have been filmed in Utah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the desert in southern Utah. If you look real closely, way in the back of a shot, there is you playing a piano on fire. That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, because you, listener, Robin has an amazing music video where she they literally just lit a piano on fire in the desert for you to play. If we couldn't get the Doof Warrior, having an, a full p- a piano constantly on fire being trucked around Flame is pretty Flamethrower piano? Badass. You hit there the There we go. Oh. Okay, okay. For the next one. For the next Flame one. Flamethrower piano. We need New to pitch goals. you. We need to pitch you for the next, because you know, they've been try- now trying to make like prequel i think i think a furiosa prequel is like the one coming up oh i need that to happen point um but apparently no charlie's apparently what apparently they're like it's too far in the past so they're getting i think it was anya taylor joy of queen's gambit and the witch and all that who she's great but it's also like but charlie's charlie's is Is she badass enough to be furiosa i don't know if she is she's not on my list today (laughs) no she's not on my list either a little young though a little young little young we'll uh we'll figure it out we'll see we'll see amy joe what about yourself 
Um, you made me see it in theaters. Sure did. And <laughs> I loved it. I, I don't. I don't know. I used to love going to the movie theaters, and now it, it is a bit more of a trial getting me to go. But I loved it. I'm so glad I went. And yeah, we've seen it many times. This is one we'll throw on. And we're like, what? I don't know what I feel like watching tonight. Mad Max. Because it's like disgustingly beautiful. And I yeah. mean that in it's every bru- sense of it's the word. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Yes. Br- it's, br- it's brutal. Really, it's brutal. <laughs> grotesquely brutal. gorgeous. The New York brutal. Times. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. And well, brutal. I just Max kept story. commenting last night how there's just so many details it's what well, we in the all, art direction we were, we were they, on miss giddy watch miss giddy the tattooed <laughs> woman who giddy watch. giddy watch who's just like she didn't steal them they begged her to go and it's like you had so she's long to so shoot good. him with that shotgun and it she didn't get into i know you want but her to shoot him so badly but she just wants to get those oh, last yeah. words yeah. oh yeah but she's in that in his car like the whole time and we looked it up after that they cut her death scene but it's like she's in the so much more of the movie well, than right, you think didn't we got through that scene and i said something like oh she's got like two lines and she kills it and then she's oh, yeah. done and then you were like no she's in the car i was like no they already drove away jeff and you're like no no not that his car, car. i was like oh and, and then she was yep. and joe's car with on top of the car aka king john the king john king mobile john, king john uh, and i had seen this i don't often see a movie more than once in theaters and i saw this three times in theaters because oh, wow. i saw it the once and i was like i'm Got to get Amy Jo to see this movie in, in, in theaters. And then uh, a few months later, I was down in Virginia, in Lynchburg, Virginia, where there was literally nothing to do, except there was a now no longer there dollar movie theater playing movies from three to four months ago playing Mad Max. But their screen was so bad that everything is grainy and looks like people have been oh. doing like an Irish jig on the film, but no, because it made it look like a 70s grindhouse. Oh. It made it look like the original Mad Max wow. and Road Warrior. So it was That's an amazing cool. way to watch it. Yeah. And it only cost a dollar. What a deal. What a deal. What a deal. What a steal. Even more brutal in that uh, grainy, so crappy, crappy version. So really uh, brutal. Oh, but I love it. I'll throw this movie on all the time. It's so good. It's so good. So spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Mad Max Fury Road or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. Uh, I mean, it's very not dialogue-driven at all. We... Meet. You could say it's visually driven. You could say. You could say. Uh, we meet Max, who is, as he says, he's runs from the living and the dead, haunted by his past, is kidnapped and brought to the Citadel, run by this dictator, a Morton Joe, aka King John, who hoards all this water for himself. And we meet the great Charlize Theron as Imperator Furiosa. Furiosa. Is, she is stealing. Uh, some stuff from King John, aka his stuff. prize breeders, aka <laughs> ladies, women. I know it's, I so, love, it's such a yeah. great exchange because it really puts into perspective that they are commodities. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, but yeah, Furiosa's like, I'm gonna get out of Dodge, get these girls to the fabled Green Place, but the Green Place no longer exists. So they realize we gotta go take this truck straight back through all this these war parties coming after us, plow through them, get back to the Citadel to take it back. For the people. And Max was there. And Max is there. 
Very mm-hmm. often he is, as you said, like a ship, Robin, like a mast head on a ship. Yes, a mermaid. Yes. He's the mermaid, the mermaid on the front of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> the blood bag on the front of the car. Oh, blood bag. I love that Nux still calls him blood bag later. Yes. It's like, no He's a fool of a, he's a fool of a blood bag. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's pretty much the plot. That's all there is to it. Uh, Amy Joe and mine, uh, our my brother in law, uh, did not care for this film. His his, his review, <laughs> Michael, too much sand. Oh, oh, every time you look at the movie, you're like, oh, more, more sand. sand. <laughs> he really doesn't like sand. <laughs> but can't you picture? Can't you picture Michael? Yes. Oh, more, more sand. <laughs> so uh, initial thoughts, whether it be just on from this time watching it or a- any details that popped out at you, or anything you just want to talk about, Robin. Start with you. What's what's Relating to casting or just the movie in general? The movie in general, if you got, we'll get to the the casting that we have, but uh, the The creativity that went into this is just unbelievable. I mean, they, I feel like they could have spent another, easily another half hour in the opening just doing some of the world building stuff. And and there's a part of me that almost wished they had because in that first speech from Immortan Joe, you're getting so much exposition it's like you're learning about Gastown and bullet the farm. Bullet Farm and the Imperators and the, you know, like, uh, the visuals basically take care of, like, you get the idea of, okay, the Citadel has the green, the water, you know, the riches, and then you've got the impoverished people. But I, I feel like there was so many cool parts of this world i wanted to spend a little more time in it before we kick into the action but then it would have been a crazy long movie and the action scenes and i you know, mean it could be it could be a oh. full two and a half hour movie it's like every movie has to be a two and a half hour movie now every marvel film is yeah. like at least two and a half hours it feels like and this is like it doesn't let up no it no. really does not st- it barely ever lets up and robin you brought up a great point when we were watching it last night of like that whole chase sequence when the war boys have like been tattooing he's been tattooed like with all the like oh negative or whatever yeah. you know on his back and then he like escapes and is running through the kind of bowels of the citadel and then you find out it's not the bowels at all or hundreds of feet <laughs> right <laughs> but like that it actually is like a great establishing shot for like what the world is like kind of what's going on in there as we follow him through yeah this whole thing. well and then also immortan joe as he's running to go check on the wives yeah, same, yeah. you're getting this sort of tour of the citadel yeah. what did i call it last night i was like um uh, uh, uh a playset of a Mighty Max playset. Oh, like, uh, be a great oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You replace a, a King John and Morton Joe with Skullmaster. That's Come where on. it's at. These are, the brand is basically that. The brand is that. You know? I am into that. Um, yeah, anything else that, that popped out at you, Amy Joe? It's it's just the flamethrower for me, dog. It's the flamethrower you know? from you, dog. Just love it. I love that that's a real guitar he's really oh, yeah. playing oh, yeah. so much is real that's the, what's also great is that they use cgi when they absolutely had to but like the pole cats are real george miller was so oh, excited because he was like you built it you built it oh, so uh, good. Yeah, it's just but that's why it's wild. thrilling because you can tell there's like a couple moments where you're like that's clearly cgi'd right. but like they use so little of it i oof, it's like I the have... storm Oh yeah, my God. just to well, add, just as but, like the the spice as yeah. the garnish. Like the more you said, the motorcycles are all real, doing the crazy stunts, and P- uh, pretty much, I'm I sure mean, there's like little bits here and there that the they're doing or they adding have to more have. fire or whatever. But it's if you look at like behind the scenes, it's kind of shocking of how much is done in camera. Well, and you were telling me too um, the other day that like all the the actors playing the war boys are pretty much like 
for the most part, those are like stunt guys who actually like got to them. A lot like, of they, them, yeah, is this, the stunt This team. kind of like revving up of like, witness me! is like this real like kind of brotherhood that they built because they're like doing all this crazy stuff in the desert for, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. The stunt team is really treated like actors. Like we are, you are your character. If, if George Miller would come by and he'd be like, look at their cars and be like, okay, so like why, what's, what's this marking mean? Or like, what's this piece is missing? So why is it missing? What happened to like this this uh, mirror? Like, why isn't it there anymore? And you would need to answer like, oh, this was in a, you know, we were like in a hunt hunting party or whatever, or we were on a trip to Bullet Farm and this is how it happened. Like, this is how, or this is what this marking means. This is like for my my family, like crest or whatever, what have you. But you, he would get them so involved that you see it on screen wow, of yeah. how amped those war boys are. Oh yeah. And those are guys that typically are not treated in, in that way. It's like, you're here to do like a specialty thing rather than like, no, you get to be just as creative and as, as integral a process to the storytelling as anybody else. Like that, that also had to be very thrilling. It seemed yeah. like they enjoyed it. You oh yeah. Think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, there are two things I wanted to say uh, off the bat. One is that this movie didn't actually have a script. It was storyboarded entirely. Every Robin's moment was just, just storyboarded. Went, so there wasn't yeah, a traditional script. So eventually within filming, <laughs> Charlize Theron and like Tom Hardy, they pretty much demanded like we need some kind of script because we don't know day to day what we're shooting. It's like because George Miller would only need like, okay, well, this is like a three second shot. All we need is what's in those three seconds. And then he would cut. And they're like, can we finish the scene? He's like, don't need it. I'm not using this angle and they're like, for I need the rest of the scene. For my own building this role. So as, an act, as actors, they really had no idea. Like, what is this going to look like? Is any of this working? And it wasn't until actually getting a screening that they realized. Like Tom Hardy apologized to George Miller because he was a bit difficult a bit of a diva on the huh. set. Uh, and it was difficult sometimes for George Miller to wrangle him into giving the performance that Miller wanted. But Tom Hardy, when he finally saw the screening, apologized to George. He's like, I had no wow. idea. How, how could I have known? I had no idea that this is what you were making. I mean, you think about it, it's like Tom Hardy should probably not have behaved like that. But no. also if he had been given the tools that he needed in order to, or at least like a little more info, like that an helps. actor likes to that be helps. like, Am I going to look like an idiot out there? I don't have any control right. over this. And that is that is very um, anxiety-inducing. Well, in such a physically punishing role, yeah, too. I true, mean, yeah. th that shoot had to have been just oh, grueling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and brought in as a consultant is oh, I know this. Eve Ensler, the <gasps> what? author of the Vagina Monologues. I believe, actually, she goes by V now. V. Oh. Um, but, like, it's usually V parentheses formerly Eve Ensler. But yes, I, I, I saw that in some of my reading I was doing last night. But I was like, oh, that's great. Which I love, like just for all the the wives. Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they weren't just a right, generic exactly, yeah. Wash, yeah. yeah. Which I really dug. That's, that to me is like the kind of thing, is specifically the wives, which we'll get into of like, yeah. it took a few views to really piece out like, okay, who are they all? Like, what are their traits? Because they are like, it, it's everything is in the background. Like you're just getting these little tiny moments. You're like, Splendid doesn't know how to, uh, restock a gun and Zoe Kravitz is like grabbing that gun like okay toast, let me the like, toast the knowing because she, she knows how yes. to reload a gun <laughs> um, toast should have been named capable that's she's very true capable. She's why very capable. toast I believe I forget <laughs> I forget if it's toast or if it's knowing I think it's toast though I, but I forget what his role is on the film because 
from my research on this episode specifically, there is uh, there's a new book on the making of, of Mad Max, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, that is a fantastic read, which That's I highly recommend. Um, and it's so, but I forget some. I've written down a lot, but I forget some. And there's someone that works on the film who goes is nicknamed Toast, who's had that nickname for de- like decades. And I forget if it was Miller or if it was Kravitz, but somehow they were like, oh. That's because she was just like the knowing they had the knowing, but they hadn't like added like what does she have another name? Is she just like the knowing and like, oh, that's what you'll be. You'll be toast the knowing. And it's because of this guy, because I think Miller just thought it was funny to be like, yeah, toast. That's We're going to name this like hot wife <laughs> toast. toast. Is that supposed to be like a like a Sally Bowles kind of like she's the toast of the toast? She's the toast of the Citadel. <laughs> the toast of the Citadel. <laughs> she, she's a little crusty. <laughs> you know, it's better than being called the dag. I'll say that. The what dag definitely does not sound positive. It's apparently Aussie slang for just being like very unpolished, like very an okay, unrefined. That, that makes more sense. I then. believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there's a lot that yeah, you just kind of have to intuit yourself with all these wives, with all of, like these details that we're just kind of getting piecemeal. But, well, when uh, you get something like splendid which is pretty on the nose you know then it's like why what then leads me to toast (laughs) i know you seem like you have a a theme going with splendid capable hard left cheeto (laughs) toast somebody got hungry cheeto it's spelled differently but it's still i'm just thinking of cheetos uh (laughs) in an american accent there's no difference in the pronunciation i'm just thinking of a crumbly fragile cheeto because she is cheeto the fragile uh yeah i don't know i don't know well well, the casting directors <laughs> of Mad Max Fury Road were Nikki Barrett and Rana Kress. Barrett has also cast such films as The Babadook, The Great Gatsby, The Invisible Man, and The Power of the Dog. And Kress has also cast such films as Remember the Titans, The Pirates of the Caribbean, The Fault in Our Stars, and previous episodes Moulin Rouge and The Fast and the Furious. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy, Joe, and Robin are hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So let's kick it off with you, Robin, with that titular Mad Max. So what are your thoughts on Tom Hardy? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I love Tom Hardy. (laughs) I, I love Tom Hardy. Um... Especially when that trowel comes off his face and you can see those beautiful lips. Um, I also just love that he has what I hear you guys call on this podcast, the uh, um, chaos energy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Max has to have chaos energy. Um, he's got to be great in an action scene. He's got to be kind of insane. So I felt like if I were to recast this, like in a perfect world... If I could have anyone, it would be Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Oh, he would have just, oh, he would and have been taking, amazing taking in this role. imagine taking a trowel off and seeing that. Face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh, my God. That is, though, like thinking of like him in his leading man roles, and but then what he did as the Joker. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that he's able to access like that level of, you need, you need, because like, Tom Hardy plays it like, an, he's literally a, caged animal he is mm-hmm. literally an animal yes. for like the first half of the film uh yeah he's just grunting oh yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> like wild-eyed and feral and yeah yeah feral. yes but uh yeah i love i love yeah. the idea of heath ledger so he would be my number one pick and then i've got a handful of other actors that i also feel like could do well in the role um i've got joaquin phoenix oh yeah that that, just get all the jokers in there. Mm-hmm. Get all the jokers. In that chaos energy. Jack Nicholson is Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I've got um, Colin Farrell, Donald Glover, sure. Andrew Scott, Ooh. and maybe even Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yep. I get it. Because mm-hmm. they were trying to... George Miller wanted to make this movie for decades, like for so long. So I do have casting when this was originally like in the early aughts and then when it was today. So there are like actors that would have aged out of it by the time they did make this that were considered. Uh, Amy Jo, how about yourself? Yeah, he's great. I mean, I will I will say it's so funny because I don't watch a lot of Tom Hardy movies, but like I have seen Inception. Mm -hmm. a number of times and so like that was my introduction to him so to know that this is actually probably more what he does (laughs) like just knowing like bronson and other stuff it's like this is more of a tom hardy like ah now i can do my thing you know it's funny to me because i'm thinking of this like suave george sanders type you know um but i think he's he's wonderful he's really good he's just got those intense eyes too that like just also to be literally muzzled for like at least half an hour, if not yeah. longer of this film, you got to be pretty expressive to make all of that work. And boy, does he, he really does. He with so few lines with his face covered by a trowel for and a so lot much, of dirt, so you know? much dirt. And uh, yeah, I think, he's yeah, I think it's great. So I don't have a, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this. Um, This is a guy who I don't really think does much action, but I, once I thought of him, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if it's like because I have a similar face shape or something, but I was like, I can see it. I'd be very interested in this performance. So my first thought was Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Because he's he's got thinking. an intensity to him that I feel like lends itself into this role. Forget the trial. You cover his whole head with a helmet in that Mandalorian. Come on. And he's still emoting. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I'll take your word for it. Yes. No, I meant it. Oh, no, I famously, so much acting. I famously pointed out there's a screen grab on Disney Plus of... Uh, the the little the little guy that Nick Nolte voiced in the first season riding on top of a giant like monster lizard and I said that is Nick Nolte and Amy Jo said which one oh my god <laughs> could have been voice acting well he was voice acting this little tiny uh little mechanic yeah, goblin alien guy gleep glop but uh the fact that just picturing that whoever whoever's who could be voicing that guy riding on top of Nick Nolte being like ah, get off my back <laughs> oh my god you're killing me over here. Uh, it's pretty fantastic to picture. Uh, you know, I just love to provide you with laughter. Um, this, okay, I don't know why this actor occurred to me because he's, he's certainly not been like, you know, it was just that I was thinking of really, really intense guys. This is not someone who's at that level of movie stardom or even TV stardom. But like once I, I don't know, he's the right age. Just, just intense. Anyway, he's not an action star, but like Wes Bentley is someone mm-hmm. who I'm like, yeah. That's an intense guy yeah. that I know has been through some stuff, you know? True. And so, like, I feel like that you could, there's a certain amount of, like, action stuff you can train for. Because he's oh, not yeah. doing all those major stunts, you know? I mean, yeah. this is, like, really the first, mm, oh, you know what? I think she had that Eon Flux. I was going to say, like, this is the first real Charlize action movie. She did have Eon Flux. But really, it's still, every everyone 
doing an action film or whatever, they still had to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, absolutely. this could have been his first big action movie. I can I'm see just it. remembering because he was in Venus and Fur when it was off Broadway and then he was mm. replaced by Hugh Dancy for the Broadway run. But when we went back, you and I, Jeff, to go watch it at Lincoln Center, the one that they had recorded was the off Broadway one with Wes Bentley. Yeah. And watching him do it again, I was like, I think they made a mistake with recasting because he's got a real intensity. He's so intense in a way that feels dangerous that is exciting in yeah. the role. You and know? I think you want that with Max. There's that danger. That's I, I exactly. love it. I love yeah. that line like yeah. near the end when it's like, I thought you weren't insane anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was a great line. It's like, no, it's the title. You wouldn't know that, babe. But um, and then my other thought, and I don't think this is typically what he's done on screen, but I have seen him on stage and he has like such magnetic presence that I feel like that would translate really well to all these close-ups and everything is David Oyelowo. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. I saw him do Othello opposite Daniel Craig, who actually a younger Daniel yeah. Craig could, I think do this yeah. as well. Like what I would I have seen him in? David Oyelowo. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was in Selma. He he's was Martin MLK Luther King Jr. in Selma. Um, I haven't seen it. I mean, he's in a very teeny tiny role at the beginning of Interstellar. I mainly know him from Selma and I missed the Othello that you saw Amy Jo. But he was but so good. The thing that really struck great. me about that is like, it's a stage production of a Shakespeare play and both of the movie stars who are, you know, both Brits. So there's also that in their training, but both of the movie stars had so much more vocal presence than any of the New York area stage actors. I was like, what happened here? New York, show up, you know, wow. but, but they were both so exciting to watch. And I was just like, yeah, that's an intense guy. Like definitely I, different kind of intensity, but like, you know, the camera was like, give me that. So yeah. those are my thoughts. I love it. I love it. As for me, I could see a Christian Bale. Maybe if it was a little Oh yeah, little I earlier, think I had maybe. him at some point on oh, there. Yeah. I could yeah. see a Carl Urban. Because if you also want someone that's bringing I love that. less to it, I mean, he's got the chops and he's in everything. It's like he's really, he's in Lord of the Rings. He's in Star Trek. He's in Dread. I feel like he's in the- I've been Dread enjoying Dread. him in the boys In the Marvel Universe. Lately. Then he's in the boys. He's in so much. Um, he That's a great choice. And he is someone who I really, we were kind of talking about this the last time, the last time we threw on Thor. It's just like, this is a guy who- He's working all the time at a very high level, but I feel like hasn't broken in a yeah. way, you know? Like, he's not a household name, um, unless you're talking amongst yeah. nerds like we three. He's rarely the lead of yes. the project. But he could be. He could in be. the right situation. I wasn't crazy about it, but he is in the reboot of Dread, where his face is covered by a helmet the whole time. So you're only getting the opposite of Tom Hardy in this, where you're getting, like, nose you're getting like the bottom of the nose down. you're just getting lips you're just getting the lips and chin the whole time and he's great in it and you're like yeah he's an actor that can do a lot with a little yeah uh i see john bernthal uh who's of more recent note is the punisher and in things of uh wolf of wall street and whatnot he's given just thinking of a actors that are giving you physicality mm -hmm. like that masculine physical animalistic physicality uh what i really want is Idris Elba if I can't get Tom Hardy. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. I see. I can just picture it. Uh, or uh, less known as an actor, he's in the recent Zola, amongst many things. Uh, and if Bill Street could talk, is Coleman Domingo as someone. I'm also oh. wanting that voice. I want Tom Hardy is like, I don't know if his voice is modified at all, but his voice sounds like it's coming up from the pits of hell. I don't he think talks. he normally sounds like that. I think no, he's. But I don't know if he's. But he it also, works. Between Inception and Bronson, I know he's an actor that can transform, well, and also, vocally as well. He doesn't have that many lines in this. True. It's not like Andy Serkis doing Gollum, where he shredded his voice yeah. doing that, because there was so much text. This does not have so much text, so it's more sustainable to make a big choice like that, because it's not going to 
you don't have uh, so much to say in it it's that true. you're going to ruin your instrument take after take. Now, Gollum is Mad Max. <laughs> you know he's munching on two-headed <laughs> no, lizards. No, Gollum is Nux. Gollum oh, is Nux. Gollum is Nux. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I could see that. Barry and Larry aren't the tumors. Those are his alternate personalities that are telling him to do bad things. <laughs> so as for Tom Hardy, he was one of the last people that casting saw. And apparently, according to him, he was daunted because of the role being synonymous with Mel Gibson and Max being a much-loved character by many people. So he tried to get out of his audition. Like, they called at, like, 9 o'clock the night before to say, his agent, to be like, uh, yeah, he, he can't come in tomorrow. And they're like, no, no, George Miller has flown in here wow. to see him. Like, he, whatever you have to do, get him to show up, even just to have a coffee. He needs to be here. And he did eventually show up that next day, thankfully. But, you know, it's so funny to picture Tom Hardy as someone that's, like, nervous about that yeah um, yeah just goes to show turns out he's an actor after all here. we're uh, all neurotic messes <laughs> <laughs> he, he apparently he did think the right thing to do would be to go and meet mel gibson for lunch as an unofficial passing of the torch because you did feel a little like right there was no official like mel gibson being like i'm done with the role i never want to do it again it was like I guess we're moving on without you, Mel, because you're Mel Gibson now. And you went, Somehow you're the you're wrong kind of mad. still in the industry and people still let you do things, but we're not going to oh, be we'll those Oh, we'll still people. give you an Oscar nomination for directing Hacksaw Ridge because everything is terrible. But he decided to go meet Gibson for lunch. So Tom Hardy showed up. Two hours later, Mel Gibson, still no sign of him. So Tom starts ordering steak and carpaccio. And which all this food that he plans to put on Gibson's bill. And finally, Mel Gibson shows up. And according to Hardy, they talked for a few hours. He left. And Gibson then called Hardy's agent and said, I think you found someone that's crazier than I am. And if that's wow. not a blessing for the role, what I don't know blessing, what is. But yes. <laughs> so as for the actors who were actually considered, of course, Mel Gibson was considered this was back they were trying to make this around 2001 like was they were in pre-production was the last one was it thunderdome it was or? thunderdome was the last wow. one which is the late 80s i believe is 88 somewhere around there yeah it had to be said uh it had to be said they apparently the only reason this really got made is because all these like people that own all these ips every now and again they'll just look at all the ips they have or sometimes it's like oh we only own this property for another few years yeah should we make something with it before we lose the rights or whatever? And it was just them being like, oh, Mad Max. And they wanted to develop a TV show. So they had all these ideas, all these like pictures they drew up and brought in George Miller to be like, does this interest you? And he was like, this could sell so many toys. Look at all this. Look at all these different characters. That's great. And then he left. And they were like, but does he want to do it? And they ran after him like, do you, do you want to do the show? And he goes, no, I'm going to make another movie. Like, you just got me <laughs> jazzed again for Mad Max. Um, so he's going to do it around 2001. Uh, this was uh, when Mel Gibson was around signs, like that age Mel, which isn't so, so old. And this is before we all got to know the real Mel Gibson. Um, and Robin and I just, <laughs> we just shake our heads. Our it's true. It's oh, true. Mel. But it, even then in 2001, George Miller decided that he was just too old and he wanted to get someone new. He was interested briefly in Brad Pitt. This is around Ocean's Eleven, Troy, Brad Pitt. Which is, I see it. It's but, an yeah. understandable leap, especially if you're like, we need another big, splashy True. star. True. Apparently, this is from this book. They said, this person, he said he was interested in Brad Pitt for a while. Then he was even interested in Angelina Jolie. And to me, 
that makes it sound like Angelina as Max, because this person yeah. is talking about different people up for Max. So it could have been Furiosa, but it makes it sound like, eh, what if we just say screw it? And we just say that it's uh, like Max for Mad Maxine and who cares? It's now decades have passed. Yeah. And that is kind of cool to picture this with not only all the badass women you have in this from Furiosa to the, the, all the old women at the end, the, uh, the, the Lini, yeah. but to also have a female Max, I think is pretty cool. I'm into it. I'm digging it. I'm digging yeah. it. Uh, and a ding, ding, ding to Robin. Johnny Depp was considered back in 2001. It was around Pirates of the Caribbean. And I get it. Yeah. He's someone that I think would be like, keep, keep the trowel on. I'll keep, cover me up with more goop and gop. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep the I hair. need a weirder wig for longer. I gotta have a weirder wig. Uh, but then, so they were projected to begin shooting in 2003. But after 9-11, the US dollar collapsed against the Australian dollar close to 30%, which ate into the budget, and Fox, who was supposed to do the movie, pulled the plug. So then it was not until 2009 that they started casting for what eventually, wow. this was like years of casting to eventually wow. make this, which once again was 2015. So six years between them starting to cast and it actually coming out. So you're getting some people who were not big when they started casting who were big by the time the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, Tom Hardy hadn't done much at that time. Yeah, I mean, Bronson is 2008. Inception is 2010. Tinker Taylor, what is it? Tinker, Tinker Taylor, Taylor Soldier Spy. Spy is like around, is like 2011, 2012 around okay. there, about-ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had Bronson. He had like a few, he was like around. I mean, he's in Black Hawk Down what? in 2001. Really? I know. Everyone's in Black Hawk Down. You just don't know because they all Down. have their helmets on and they all look the same. But um, like he's in, yeah, he's in a surprising amount of things. His like first big thing is star trek nemesis with patrick stewart where he plays like a young clone of patrick stewart somehow uh but it was supposed to be his big break and it was like a massive flop and critically reviled and it was like oh he's now disappeared until bronson um but in 20, 2009 uh megan gale who played valkyrie said that she did a workshop in la with michael fassbender for the role interesting hmm. I'm not opposed to that. I love that Fassbender. Yeah. There is, I don't, I'm not used to seeing him in that kind of like animalistic, his, like that physicality. His insanities of a different ilk. ilk yeah. Yes. Yeah. It feels a little more cerebral. He would bring a very, exactly. For me. Mm -hmm. It would be a totally different energy. Yeah. But I love, I love Fassbender. It could work though. There was a big push from people that Max should be Australian. So for a while, Eric Bana was like making the rounds of, Mm -hmm. who we should get as Max, uh, which I dig. I feel like Eric Bana, I just don't see anything. Like we watched the first episode of that Dirty John, but that's like the oh, that last, that's Eric Bana. That's the last Eric Bana thing I've seen in what feels like forever. That wasn't that long ago. I think I've ago. only seen him as the Hulk. But I like Eric Bana. I can see it. There was a push for Sam Worthington of Avatar and... Uh, he's the lead in Avatar. He's the lead in Avatar. Mm. That was like his big thing. Every I, he's got the right look and the right physicality. In Avatar, and then everyone was like, "But I don't know if he's got the chops. Everything. I don't I think he has enough charisma. I don't quite think. frankly. Yeah. But you know who did have enough charisma? Another ding, ding, ding to Robin. Foremost in George Miller's mind was Heath Ledger. Every time Heath would come through Sydney, he and George Miller would meet up and chat, and eventually talk about Mad Max. Like it was always oh, a thing. We were robbed. Now George Miller said that like once he passed away, he was looking for a similar kind of animal spirit, which I think you yeah, get that he, with yes. Hardy. Yeah. Yes. Um, I but, shouldn't say uh, we were robbed. I love Tom Hardy. 
Well, we were robbed of so many performances. We were robbed in general. Yes, exactly. I mean, I was thinking about that the other night, thinking about like Alan Rickman. It was like only sixty nine, like, and was was like how much I feel like we were robbed of more Alan Rickman, and Heath Ledger was like thirty something, like, yeah. yeah. So I do feel the world thinking was of robbed. like what yeah, yeah the world was robbed of of what he could have created, you know. Yep. So it did eventually come down to three people, one of them being Tom Hardy. One of the other front runners was who was really campaigning was Jeremy Renner, uh, the Mission Impossible oh. movies and Hawkeye from the Marvel films, which I get. I yeah. can see him really wanting it. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. For uh, I was looking up, not actually not for this character, but for something else. I was like, who do people consider to be the most intense actors in Hollywood? And I meant more Ooh. like intense on screen, but yeah. I got like some that were like you got a lot of Russell Crowe, Sean Penn. Yes. Yes, but Jeremy Renner was on really? the list, which I well, think is funny. That's surprising. He, I know. I think he's been accused of some Uh-oh. stuff, of some like domestic violence. It might. I honestly don't know. I don't want to. Allegedly, yes, allegedly. That's all I really heard. Like, uh, but I could see it. But it's nowhere near as bad as our next front runner, which was you guessed it, Army Hammer. What? Oh, which really worked out that it did not go to yeah. him. Correct. Yeah. I like to you know enjoy things and not be like (laughs) you're in this (laughs) but yeah i don't want to think about army hammer just stuck in this truck with charlize and all these women for that long period of time taking nibbles out of charlize get him out of here well even like if you take the cannibalism out of the equation like which is of course the like sensational thing about it but you just take everything else he was like messaging these women and doing and like the way that he was apparently like inappropriate with like his partners and this sort of thing it's like that's bad enough without then adding the absolutely preposterous stuff about the like alleged cannibalism or or the like i did not get all the details of this story oh from no one's accusing him of actually having committed cannibalism more of the fan that is like playing with cannibal fantasies but just pretty much telling women he wants to like eat them or like lick their bones like yeah but apparently also some of his like former girlfriends have come forward and been like it was dark and weird you know is as well as i can remember i did a lot of reading on it at the time (laughs) you know when you're on a long zoom meeting and you all end up just sharing links in the chat like because you go off on tangents you're like all right back on task but then other people are talking and it's boring so you read the um you read the link on Army Hammer's like family. You're like, wow, this seems like this goes back generations. Always, wow. always. Whenever I'm on a Zoom meeting and I'm bored, I'm always just like, let me just reopen that tab on Army Hammer's family to give it another reread. Anyway, that's, that's my general. Just I'm going to do some research after this. <laughs> um, apparently, because the, the casting process for this was quite unique. Because George Miller was like, I, I hate like you don't don't do a scene from the movie because they're trying to. Capture they didn't have a, a script after all. Thing very true. And it's not sand. dialogue based. Um, so amongst other things, they were given like packets of monologues or scenes from a variety of films. Everything from Monty Python oh, no, to Network. No, it's like grad school auditions or something. Well, apparently it was really cool. A lot of the people that talking about it said like, I don't even care if I don't get cast. This was such a badass way to spend oh, like fun. a day or a few days because it was so unique. Huh. Um, but one of the things they had to do was this acting exercise where they'd be paired with another person and would have this scene where it was just like nothing about them in terms of gender or whomever. So they'd switch parts and just one has like wronged the other terribly. 
And now that person that has done the wronging is captured and tied up. And the person that has been wronged has a gun. And it's them trying to get information from that person. And like Zoe Kravitz said that she was paired with Jeremy Renner. And then like they switched. And it was like, this is incredible to do. And so Army Hammer was paired with Tom Hardy. He read near the end of their audition. And when Hardy gnashed his teeth and spat at Hammer, Hammer told George Miller that Hardy needed to be Max more than he did. <gasps> that's dark that's great he got the part by spitting and you you wanna you really wanna live your life scaring cannibals you want the cannibals to be scared of you i think this guy needs that therapy more than i do that's also someone who's perhaps avoiding his own issues that's true now there were a few other people up for max because that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of max one was not amy joe and robin have to guess which is which your options are channing tatum chris hemsworth and eminem robin over to you oh i wish this was a, my eyes I wish this was a visual medium listener <laughs> so you could see robin's face right now i was like those eyebrows right, shot up into chris the stratosphere hemsworth, yeah yeah eminem what <laughs> That seems too crazy to be made up. It uh, could be made up. Oh, wow. I mean, Chris Hemsworth makes sense to me, especially he's, he's Australian. Aussie. Yeah. And sorry. <laughs> Who's the first Tatum. one? Oh, Janet Tatum. Tatum. I'm going to go with he's the sum guy because I just can't see it. Okay. I can't see it either. Eminem does seem, look at you looking all smug. <laughs> Knows it's me too. Totally well. Eminem, isn't well, it? Well, Eminem wow. it seems like it's such out of left. It's field. so out there that I it has to be true. Or it has Listener, to be made I up. I wish you could have looked at the way he just <laughs> sold it and then looked at me like your move. I don't know, he's got I don't think Eminem would be bad in the role. I think Channing Tatum would be the worst option. He would the be the worst option. I feel like But I wonder <laughs> when was I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go with Chris Hemsworth because he seems like the best option. Ding, ding, ding to Amy Joe. Oh, Chris oh. Hemsworth, as far as I could tell, was not considered. But how was he not considered? He's Australian. Yes. He's got the. He looks. was probably like, I'm under contract. I can't be a part of another franchise yeah. because they won't let me. Well, Jeremy or Renner scheduling as well, but or something. he was. Because that could have been is. during. That was right around. It could be like, so. The 2015. First Thor 2015 movie? is the year of the second Avengers movie. Okay. Which you got Jeremy Renner's busy. Jeremy Renner's in, busy in that too. But how how much is he in those movies? Oh, Coming from someone who's seen maybe well, that's the three thing. Marvel they, they, movies. They don't ever. let him in the other movies. He's only in the big team up movies. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got his show, his Hawkeye show, which is as soon as it started, it was like, great, how can we give this over to Haley Steinfeld and oh, phase you out? Uh, but but uh, yeah, Channing Tatum and Eminem were both considered. I can't see Channing Tatum. No. I'm like, I don't want it. But I Eminem. mean, again, I've famously never seen him in a movie, but I have seen his face and I can't, it, it can't be done. It can't be done. <laughs> it can't be done. Uh, but apparently George Miller apparently just sees people in pop culture and just gets curious about them. So whether or not he was ever actually would ever mm. cast him, but he was like, I want to get to know more about Eminem. But Probably. Eminem, and he has said this to other people as well. He's been up for other movies since 8 Mile, at least one that I know of. Don't know if we'll ever cover it on the pod, so I won't say the name. But he won't shoot a movie unless it shoots in Detroit. Wow. He doesn't want to leave home. I can't picture a way to shoot Fury Road in Detroit. Detroit. I mean, it is Motor City. 
You're not wrong, huh. but a different Mad Max. It would, True. Yeah, I think True. it would be significantly less stunning. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I've been. I like Detroit. the sand, personally. I agree. I, agree. I like the sand. It's too much for Michael, our brother-in-law, but I like the sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's visually interesting to I me. I don't think he would like this film shot in Detroit either. For, uh, you know. No, no. But I'm like, honestly, maybe another Mad Maxian type movie, but it's like one that's in more of a city. city. It's more Grand Theft Auto. Oh, that's you know? true. But just yeah. think of like Thunderdome. Like that's like a more of a proper city city, and then you get out yeah. of the city and you're back Correct. in the desert. So I could see like within this world he's built, if you have a pocket that like, once again, not to cast Eminem, but just to have one that's set in a bit more of a cityscape. Like, I could see. I'm interested. Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, this is decades after the world has ended. Are any buildings left? Like, we're not really getting buildings yeah. that we see, even within the Citadel. It's just built out of, like, a cliff. But I'm yeah. like, are there any kind of, like, the Planet of the Apes style broken Gas Statue Town of Liberty? Looked like looked like it had buildings. That's true. It's and I honestly yeah. forget from the other Mad Max movies because yeah. it's been a little while. I don't know. But it's, know. Ma- it's making me think of, like, Logan's Run and what was that awful? What's the awful Battlefield Earth, the John Travolta one? <laughs> oh, yeah. that, it sure Where it's is. like, ah, Denver. You yeah, know? In, in the, if in the year 3000, which is the subtitle of that movie, ba- uh, Battlefield Earth, or something in the year 3000, there's still like a mall with like putt-putt. I'm like, if this is surviving until 3000, <laughs> I think Mad Max can have a few cityscapes. Um, <laughs> but mini golf is never going away. <laughs> what are they building these mini golf sets out of? Uh, but let's move on to the wives. Amy Joe, what are your thoughts on the wives, which we have Rosie Huntington-Whiteley as Splendid, Riley Keough as Capable, Abby Lee as the Dag, Courtney Eaton as Cheeto the Fragile, and Zoe Kravitz as Toast the Knowing. And who'd you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have a friend whose Chihuahua is named Cheeto. So, like, every time you're saying Cheeto the Fragile, I'm thinking about this ancient Chihuahua. Like, Oh, <laughs> that's a perfect name for an ancient Chihuahua. Cheeto, Cheeto the, the Fragile. fragile. Yes. Yes. Full name every time. 100%. I, like, here's the thing. I know, like, I talked to some people shortly after this movie came out who, like, were really, like, I don't know, they just cast a bunch of hot people and there was no differentiation between them. I was like, I don't think that's true. I mean, yes, they cast a bunch of hot people, absolutely. I was like, but I do feel like there is character distinction. I think they are all giving really solid performances, especially given that the woman who played the Splendid, I think was a Victoria's Secret model. She's barely acted. Yeah, she's in that third, like after... I forget if it was after getting cast in this, but she was in the third Transformers movie and then this. And like, that's like it. But she's like primarily a model. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean makes sense as also yeah. if you're going to be like, this is the prized like wife and she's going to be called the splendid. It's like, well, you might as get, well get one of the like most beautiful faces you've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're all very good. Um, I had trouble thinking of like five disparate people for this. Sure, um, sure. I, I thought it was like, if you're going to get another model, a young uh, Natalia Vodianova, who I think is just like one of the most beautiful like humans that they supply. She's a very famous Russian model who like became, they call her the supernova. Oh. Like that's her. Cause she's a supermodel. Her last name's Vodianova, uh, Vodianova. But um, she, she was like super famous as a model, like early two thousands in particular, but like look her up and you'll recognize her probably. Cause she's done so many campaigns and stuff, but that's a face you're like, that's a real face, you know, and supernova. Totally could be one of the names of these uh, wives. A hundred percent. So instead of going for like five disparate people, I went for what's a group 
that will be fun to put in here. And it's not five, but we have room for a couple more. So I chose the Magnificent Seven, not uh, not from the Western, but I mean the 1996 U.S. Olympic gymnastics team. <laughs> That's right. Amanda Borden, Amy Chell, Dominique Dahl, Shannon Miller, Dominique Mociano, J.C. Phelps, and Carrie Strug. Get them in there. Save them. Save them. They've got to make it a name for America. Carrie Strug has to break but her ankle. In they could the do badass stunts. Yeah, you know, imagine talking oh. stunts. Some badass gymnastics, like them swinging around the truck. Yes, yeah, that I would like be that. so. Fierce. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well done, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Love that. Uh, what about you, Rob? Oh my gosh. <laughs> So my mind went in a different and yet strangely also somewhat similar direction where I was like, I just, I, instead of trying to think of individuals, I just want like groups. And I thought one of the things that I like about the wives, I mean, it's like they each have kind of a different energy. I want them to be diverse. You know, Splendid just has to be perfection. Mm -hmm. But then like... I like that the girl who plays the dag looks kind of different and and a little bit otherworldly. Yeah. She's beautiful, but in an odd kind of way. And she's the one that gets the real weird lines. Yeah. The real like, is that a light or is that yeah. a furious fixation? Yes. <laughs> I don't envy those lines that she had to deliver. But she sells them because she's yeah, such she a little sells, alien. Because she yeah. looks like an alien. Yeah. Yes. She's a beautiful alien. So then I was, I started thinking about this. And then I just thought, I I just want rock stars. Yeah. And so my mind immediately went to like the rock stars of my youth. So I thought the women of the 90s, like I want, you know, Splendid's obviously the queen, Alanis Morissette. But then you've got like Capable is Tori Amos. Cheeto the Fragile is, I I was I, I was oscillating between Kate Bush and Sinead O'Connor. Um, Sinead though could be a decent Furiosa. Yeah, I was like, she yeah, Connor's she's not the, the fragile. She's got the shaved head. Yeah, she's not the one Hill, yelling to go back. Fiona oh, Apple oh, would mm. be the dag. Um, so yeah, I went that. But then I was like, wait a minute. 80s pop stars. <laughs> so like, splendid, I think in this case would be Vanessa Williams. Okay. We've got Toast, could be Whitney. The dag is Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> we got Cheeto is Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then I was like, but then I just want to cast the whole thing with rock stars. Come on, Rick, this, help me back onto the car. Should I tell you who I have rock star casting for? Please. So, Immortan Joe is Ozzy Osbourne. Great. Furiosa obviously is Annie Lennox. It has to be. The only, the only option. Yeah. I thought maybe uh, like Kurt Cobain for Nux, but then I settled on a young David Bowie. Oh. And for Max, I was in between Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is strong work. Thanks. Thanks. No (laughs) notes. And then one other option. If we really wanted just a group, then the wives could just be the Spice Girls. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not wrong. I love it. I went even dumber than the Spice, <laughs> than the spice Girls. Not, not to say I love all the rock. The, all oh, it's the, dumb. The, the Spice Girls? The, the, specifically the Spice Girls. The oh, spice Pussycat girls Dolls. They could be in there too. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I was like, I can't think of five different people. What about one person playing all the wives? Give me Tatiana Mislani as all of her orphan black clone characters. So just have oh, Tatiana wow. Mislani playing every single one with a different wig and a different accent. What do we think about this same conceit, but Tony Collette? 
Oh, oh, as yeah. the United States of Terra, the so, United yeah. States of, Citad- like, of the Citadel. There's yes. one, one, one guy, one like buck wife, one like fifties yep. yep. housewife wife. Sure, Tony can do it. Tony can do they it. They got all. like one perfect wife, and they just cloned her. That's, there you go. That's more accurate. There you go. Yeah. It's her character from the hours, but five of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, or I was just because just thinking like, okay, there's five of them. What's a group of five girls? Get me the cast of the new show Girls Five Eva. So we got Sarah Bareilles, <laughs> Ashley Park, Busy Phillips, Renee Elise Goldsberry, and Paula Pell. And Suddenly it's wow. a rip roaring comedy. This. <laughs> yes. It, it might be. Of those. Paula Pell. Paula, in the I, back of I think Paula, Paula Pell is toast the knowing. Paula Pell is the one like, Absolutely. okay, give me the gun. Okay. So uh, we only got four bullets. So big boys all, all but dead. And this little pinky can shoot off 29 times. Um, I don't know why I'm making Paula Pell kind of like an old timey cab driver, but that's but my Paula not, Pell. It's not that far from the energy. It's not that far from oh the energy. Gosh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> also, Riley Keough, who's capable, the redhead, uh, she's Elvis and Priscilla Presley's oldest grandchild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, she's also, because I know her, I didn't realize, she's also in Logan Lucky, and she's in Zola. Like, she's, if you even just look at the trailer of Zola, she's, like, what? Ban- it's bananas to me to picture that that's the same person, who I think she's fine in this, but... She's got range, oh. is all I'll say. Uh, and uh, which I've not seen that Yellow Jackets, but uh, Courtney, Courtney Eaton, Cheetah the Fragile, is on that Yellow Jackets, which is supposed oh. to be quite, quite good. People who have great taste love it. And I just haven't gotten around to it. Sorry. I, I have not yet either. Uh, so I mainly of them wanted to spotlight Abby Lee, the DAG, uh, because there was a lot of great info in the book about her audition. She, had, she was a model as well. She had zero acting experience. It was her modeling agent in She's Australia. Like the super, super blonde, yes. Like, translucent. Yes, one. the okay. translucent one. Uh, and based casting said her self tape was the highlight of the entire casting process. Oh, I oh. want to see that self tape. I would love to because they were given once again they were given packets from like other films. So she chose the network. I'm mad as hell and I'm <gasps> not going to take any more speech. And she did it in a southern preacher Pentecostal voice. What? And then they had to say. They had to tell a story about the saddest thing or the happiest thing that ever happened to them. And it didn't, it didn't have to be real. It could be made up. And hers, this George Miller said that this was incredible. He said that she, her story captivated him the most. She said she didn't eat meat because she was a mermaid. And since there's no mammals in the sea, it wouldn't make sense for her to eat one. And when she was a kid, that was one of her reasons for not eating meat. So she thought, it's true in, in her own way. You, when you look at her, you're like, yeah, that's the kind of person that yeah. that'd be their mindset. Yeah. yeah. She's a grade A weirdo. Yeah. Casting said it was one of the top 10 auditions they'd ever seen. I want to see this self-tape. <laughs> yes. Release Is this like on YouTube? Can we I'm find this? I'm mad as hell and I don't not going to take it anymore. Imagine it's someone who looks like that, who you are imagining probably, you know, you're, you're just slotting into a stereotypical thing. And then what she chooses is network? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like that that tells you something about this actor that is intriguing regardless of how they then do it and it sounds like th- she then delivered. Totally. That's fascinating. I, I love, love that. Yeah. Especially when you're like we're bringing you in to say sorry, the hardest lines. What a bold <laughs> right. choice. Right. But thankfully, thankfully the edition wasn't having to say those lines. It was yeah. like, no, let's just see you. Let's see what you can create and how weird you want to get especially since there's so little script and so much of it was environmental anyway that like to give them the opportunity to be like this is who i am in any environment and then when you put me into an environment you can shape it around me 
Definitely. Uh, so there were four women that I found that were con- had read for the wives over the course of, once again, 2009. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence read. And 2009, that's like before, she's like coming off of the Bill Engvall show. Wow. Like she's, so Winter's, she's done Winter's Bone Winter's yet? Bone is 2010. So this is like, and it could have been like after Winter's baby. Bone. If it's she somewhere... hadn't hit with Winter's Bone, she totally would have fit into this kind of like. Totally. Yeah. I don't know which, which uh, one of the wives I could, would see j-law in the most i mean i could see capable i'm seeing her as capable or i could see the capable or the toast yeah i could see i could see that where it's more of like you're not expecting her to be the one like let me load the guns but that young maybe she could have been cheeto or could be cheeto i think so much of what j-law sells right is this kind of like i'm just like a regular you know kind of but i look like this goddess but i like am more down to earth which is kind of like but yeah Win- toast. winter's yeah. bone she's like skinning squirrels and like yeah. hunting like she's yeah and i mean that's what she had by the, by 2015 it that was the year of the last hunger games movie wow so the idea of the fourth hunger games movie coming out the same year as her being like one of the wives is bananas she rose that quickly yeah yeah wow. well those movies they were just churning them out but like when was um whatever the other the one with amy adams and one with Amy Adams. Oh, it, American Hustle. Yes. Oh, when American was that? Hustle. Um, that might be after. It was like right after it's, Hunger Games. It's wasn't around it? the time. It's like around Silver this time. Lining's playbook. Around this time. So I want to say that's like 2013, oh 2012. My gosh, she just didn't she had stop. a great run there. No, she Jeez. just exploded. Uh, yeah, Margot Robbie read, which once again oh. is before oh. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. before she really broke out. Um, yeah, that to totally. me is like splendid. Yeah, with splendid. a capital. Splen. Splen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I could, I could so see that. I think that's like the one that makes the most sense. Uh, Gail Godot read is pre wonder woman. So pre her, this this is apparently before she's in like two of those fast and furious movies. For, 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 for the wives. These, these are all, I, they, they were up for one of the wives. I can see her actually doing an interesting Cheeto the fragile as well as of course, just looking freaking splendid. Yeah. And uh, Rihanna <laughs> audition. But Rihanna was already Rihanna at this point. Yeah. Yes. But I, I have a feeling, I would not be surprised if everything about these wives was developed after Around he them. cast For sure. them. Yeah. Which is also why it's like, we're not having you read like two lines here and a line here. Just give me whatever. And I will craft this for these people. Um, so I could see that being the case. And in which case, like, who knows what they could be doing if you had Rihanna as one of them. George Miller said that most of the women who came in dressed down, probably just assuming post-apocalyptic, like, mm-hmm. I'll kind of give it a little more of a dowdy look. Uh, and Rihanna, of course, came in dressed like Rihanna. She yeah. did not <laughs> do that at all. And George Miller, George Miller was like, "That's probably was the best, uh, best decision for her to just come in as herself. Well, um, even, like, the way they have those women costumed, they're still, like, they look like Grecian goddesses, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, they're still costumed as, like, Oh, yeah, it's post-apocalyptic, but, like, that is, like, a lovely slutty Halloween costume, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. On, uh, Speaking of slutty Halloween note, costumes. Yes. I, I'm always, it never fails that, like, the day of Halloween, you know, or, or like, I had a show. Um, I never think about costumes ahead of time. And I was like, well, all right, what am I going to do for Halloween this year? I've got these post-apocalyptic goggles and a bed sheet great and i was like i'll be capable for halloween (laughs) so i played a show as capable (laughs) and i didn't even have to go buy the goggles i had 
basically the exact same goggles that she wears. Amazing. Do you have any photos? Uh, yes, I do. Well, we'll, oh. we'll put that on the Instagram, uh, oh, listeners. Yes, excellent. yes, <laughs> excellent, excellent. I love it. Uh, so, Robin, let's move on to Nux. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on Nicholas Holt, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I love him. I love him. He's great. He's so oddly pretty um, that even it's with the eyes. like it's mutilation the on his lips and stuff, he still yeah. is is so pretty. Yeah, it's those pretty eyes and the you know the cheekbones, the bone structure helps. He's like thin and pale enough that I buy that he's fragile, but only barely. Because he's so, still in shape. Yeah, he's in shape. All the war boys are. Like the yes. end of his. Half-life. I know they certainly don't look like they're dying. But when you're no, but like when you're like if you're gonna do like a body like a uh, physique photo shoot, like yeah. you're supposed to tan because definition shows up more on like tanner skin so oh, by paling them yeah. all out it actually is helping to remove some of the definition that's that true they all have. so they're actually much more shredded than they that's appear in the true. when i was young i saw him in about a boy yep. which was probably like everyone's introduction to him and i did not like the movie and i did not like him i, I thought he was good in it i but didn't like, see the movie until a few years ago and i hated it with the Fire of a Thousand Suns. I don't even remember why I hated it. I just hated it. It, like, bothered me. I liked it okay. It made me go read the book, is what the movie yeah. did for me. Um, and I think there's, like, he's... There's... He has... Uh, something seems off, but in a good way. Uh, With him as Nux? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, I love him in The Great. I've been watching him in that, too. Uh, he's, he's great. He's so good in The um, Great. So, yeah, I, I really like him. If I had to cast somebody else, um, oh, I struggled with this one a little bit. I want a really strong actor that that still ha- can bring the, that chaos. Um, but I want someone like oh, he may have been too young at the time. He he was too young at the time. But like Timothy Chalamet now mm, would work for me. Yeah. Um, like a young like Fight Club era Jared Leto. Sure. When he sure. was like angel face. I wrote down Paul Dano, although I don't know how I feel about that. I, especially I, I understand I how it. you got there. Yeah, yeah. And then um Shia LaBeouf seems crazy enough to and he's he a sure strong does. actor. Uh, I have many feelings about yeah, You Shia. look like you like smell rotten eggs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Your like upper lip but is I like. But I do think he's a, he's a really great actor. I think he killed the part. Um he might just drive everyone crazy that's involved in the show. <laughs> and then possibly. I wrote down Jamie Campbell Bauer because I saw a picture of him and I thought, that guy. Uh, um, sure. He uh, he was in he was in the Twilight series and he was in... Uh, he's Anthony in that Sweeney Todd movie. Yes, he's Anthony in the Sweeney Todd movie. <laughs> I liked him as Anthony in the Sweeney... Okay. Yeah. I don't remember how... I saw that movie with you in theaters, Robin, and I blocked it out. That his Joanna was one of the only parts of the movie I liked. I liked Alan Rickman. And, oh yes, and uh, was it Timothy Spall? As, uh, yes, Timothy as, Spall as, as the, the Beatle. The Beatle. The two of yes. them were great, and everything else I was like, could have done without this. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, Johnny Depp was so unfortunate in that movie. Yeah. What about you, Amy Joe? Got to cast someone else besides uh, old Nicholas Holt. But first, I'd like to say I really like Nicholas Holt in this movie and in general. The listeners know. Yeah, I think he's so good. 
what I think, I mean, he has like the biggest arc in this film. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's watching about halfway through the film when his eyes soften and become like watery and porous. And suddenly oh. it's like, we see his humanity. It's just like, Oh God, it's good. It's so good. His eyes. When, when Immortan Joe tells him that he will like take him to Valhalla yeah. himself. Right. Like, and his eyes, like it's heartbreaking yeah it's really stupendous like so vulnerable the work that they're doing as actors that sell like that that, that you don't need like for me and like what you're talking about earlier robin of like it would be nice to get a little more time in this world before we're like off to the races but i just get everything i need to know about like the war boys and about them following amort and joe based off that interaction of like they are just fully committed to like I live, I die, I live again. This is my like savior, Amort and Joe. And I am blessed now to be sprayed in the face with this (laughs) possibly (laughs) drug induced like chemical. People think that there might be some kind of like drugs in that as well that that keeps them like hyped up. It's like PCP or something. As someone who just uh, walked past Madison Square Garden after a fish concert and saw fully grown adults in their early 40s huffing nitrous out of balloons they bought on the street. People do a lot of stupid yeah. stuff. It could be anything in there. I was really astounded when you were telling me about that, Amy Jo. Just full-blown so balloons full of nitrous that people are huffing. Ice cold, ice cold, ice cold. I was like, what's ice cold? What's happening? <laughs> so if I have to cast someone else, I primarily have gone for people who, a very young version of themselves. Like often these are people who we've seen as younger actors. I wanted someone who had like high octane, super intense, yeah, high chaos uh, energy. Um, so I went with, it was funny uh, you mentioning Fight Club because I was like young Edward Norton. Like oh, yeah. primal fear Edward oh, Norton. Oh, yeah. That kind yeah. of like, like oh, what is this cat gonna do? Like, uh, a strong actor, high yes. sense of danger, and and you're not sure what they're gonna do. Young Ewan McGregor, like having mm. just rewatched um, Velvet Goldmine and seeing just like he's so physical, he's so full bodied. I was like, oh yeah, I could I could see that. Very young, thinking marrying like who he has become as an actor with like how he looked when he was younger, like a young Leo DiCaprio. I knew you were gonna say sure. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just thinking like. The the intensity he has now and bringing it, even just thinking about how he is in like R and J, it's like you know take that, shave his head and cover him and and paint, make him look like a weird clown. Like mm. we could be talking. And this is where I have Andrew Scott. Sure, oh. I have him here. Yeah, yeah. I, see I can him see also that too. My, but like a younger Andrew Scott, again, he's just. I mean, I want to see him in everything. I adore and then him. I have written in here, and I don't know if this is true. Does a Culkin have enough gas in the tank to get this done? Oh, <laughs> because if so, maybe Rory, because he just looks weird to me in a in a lovely way. Yeah. Oh, I mean? yeah. He's in one of those scream movies. Well, Kieran at the He's time was probably young enough hair. to do it. Kieran yeah. to me feels like maybe. so laid back energy. That's He's true. intense, that's true. but intense in a focused way, not in a kind of way. So I don't. Mm. That's why I was like, does a Culkin have enough gas in the tank to get the job done? But like, even like a contemporary Macaulay Culkin, like I buy. There's something a little there's there's a fragility about him, and and also just like they they all look kind of, fra- the, particularly the Rory and and Macaulay. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm interested. I don't know. I feel like it's hard to, 
it's hard to imagine that over like Nicholas Holt, but sure. You know, um, I mean, you just saying that I could see Leo's RJ co-star, John Leguizamo, young Leguizamo. Oh, what am I even talking about? Oh yeah. Or, what am I talking about? Or you McGregor's Velvet Goldmine co-star. Uh, I'll say him again. Christian Bale, young Christian oh, Bale. I think he's going to Jonathan Reese Myers. That's going to be like, no, absolutely no, 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 no. But a young, young Christian Bale. Like we're like swing yes. kids, newsies era. Christian Bale is absolutely. nuts. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. Um, but the ones, that I would be most interested in. I I'm, I I recommend them for everything. I love that Riz Ahmed, a young Riz Ahmed is nuts, oh. uh, or young Daniel Kaluuya. I'd be into. I'm thinking of like Riz Ahmed in Nightcrawler, like yes. that kind of like. That I'm just trying to like get the job done, but oh, I'm in over my head. Yeah, that would translate really beautifully. I mean, young Jake Gyllenhaal. If this is yeah. made in like in 2001, yeah. we're coming off of Donnie Darko. Totally. I could say or. Give me that young, you want a little bit of a weirdo energy? Give me that young Killian Murphy, please. And thank Ooh. you. I thought of Killian Murphy too. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like him. Just look at getting a band of intense weirdos. Yeah. As an intense actor myself, <laughs> I just, I love them. Uh, so George Miller was on the fence about Holt because he was worried about the size discrepancy between him and Tom Hardy. Because Tom Hardy is 5'9 and Nicholas Holt is 6'3. What? Wow. Yeah. And Nux was written to be much younger, which they do reference that yeah, he's supposed he to be like seem... so, when all the, when all the wives are Wait, like, look I'm at him, sorry. he's just a he's such a sweet little baby. Tom Hardy's five nine. <laughs> yeah, I could have take him, on... him in a fight. You, you're saying? Well, you, you could take him in a height contest. I don't know if that translates to a fight. But he would be a good match for me. I'm only five four. Tom Hardy. I would be perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, Robin is <laughs> looking up as if she's already looking up into his eyes. <laughs> but the fact, no, this is very exciting to think if Nicholas Holt ever decides to translate to the stage and I ever get a good job, sure. then like I have oh, someone yeah. to play opposite. There you go. Yes. There's not a lot of like, that's like when I do my Lady Macbeth again in a in a good situation, you know, like I had a very tall Mackers and it's right. just very rare that you find, you know, and there you go. You and Nicholas Holt were putting it out there into the universe. Nikki, Nikki boy. Nikki. If Nikki. you need a tall leading actor to get opposite you, uh, you can find me at and almost starring at Instagram. <laughs> I feel like you and Nicholas Holt could play brother and sister. There's that too, actually. So this is yeah. a real like weird adaptation of Mackers you're saying, that they're also <laughs> brother and sister. <laughs> What if, like, Macbeth was also flowers in the attic? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Flowers in the Ooh. attic. Oh, brother. Um, no? Okay. So, <laughs> so apparently after the initial audition, like, George then George Miller made, like, the list of people to bring back, and Nicholas Holt was not on the list, and casting was like, George, you, you gotta put him on the list. You gotta see him again. He's like, ah, fine, fine, fine. And after the second audition, which was four hours long, according to Nicholas Holt, he was one of the ones who said, he said it was mind-blowing and he thought it didn't matter if he got the job or not. He was just happy to have the experience where you were given a single word or phrases to repeat over and over again to your scene partner for about 20 minutes. Like a lot of stuff like that. Wow. that I could so see being like, this is so stupid. But if you're the person that's going along for that ride... That's the kind of person that's like well, and if you're yeah. down to do this opposite movie. really wonderful actors who you already know, and you're not in like I don't know a basement studio, and it's being rented out by college students who are making you do this for their thesis project. It's different when it's 
little bit. A little know, bit. When you know the For level their high of concept the- mashup of Macbeth and Flowers in the Attic, and you're like, why am I here? <laughs> Exactly. Nicholas Holt isn't here. Why Nicholas am Holt I isn't here? here? Why did I agree to this audition? <laughs> but uh, he left the room. Nicholas Holt left the room, and George Miller turned to casting and said, "Yep, I understand now." Great, because he is He's so, so good. Good. He said, "I knew I'd really arrived as an actor when there was a scene where Charlie's spat in his face, and he asked politely, "Do you mind if I spit back?" And Charlie said, "Yes, go for it." <laughs> Awesome. Which is a great moment. But she didn't he, ask him if she could spit in his Well, that I think was, was in the script. script. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm saying. Right. That's in the script. That's why he's like, well, what, do you, what if I spit back at you? I love that moment, too. It's, it's so great. great. She, like, gets that loogie. It just goes right in his face. And he tries to spit. And it's like Mulan trying to show the boys how good she's at spitting. It's like a dribble <laughs> that maybe travels two inches. But uh, it's the intent. <laughs> it's the intent. It's That's great, but Charlize also seems to me like someone who is like down to play. Like she's yeah. an oh, actor. Yeah. Like yes, yeah, spit on me. One hundred percent. Now, back in two thousand three, when Mel Gibson was attached and the movie was in pre-production, nobody else was really locked into the cast. But ironically, Tom Hardy tested for a war boy, and they just said war boy. So it could be Nux. It could be a Slit, who's like the other yeah. guy that's paired with Mediocre. Nux. Mediocre. I could see Tom. He's a real aggressive True. bro, that slit. But, or, but it could be for Nux. Uh, so it could have been. We could have gotten Tom Hardy as Nux that's back in the wild. early But th- that's the thing is like there is some part of what I was looking for. And both of those were different gradations of like reined in versus less reined in chaos yeah. and intensity as as they say on uh, a, a podcast i've listened to like actors who go all the way to the top yeah <laughs> i don't know who go all the way up it's like yeah you need an actor who goes all the way up it's really fun even the, the three of them including furiosa between mad max furiosa and nux of seeing who's got the power in any given moment of seeing who give relinquishes power and who, when they work together like when nux is just referring to him as blood bag when blood bag is then just becomes his name because he doesn't know his name is like come on like i'm now back on I'm the helping team blood bag right yeah. i'm as helping to put a, it on the tree thing something pejorative yeah right but like there i mean one of my favorite moments is like because when mad max loses his uh boot slit gets his boot and then he, so he takes the boot from Nux when Nux is unconscious. And then later when he goes to like, you don't see this fight scene where he like blows up the bullet farmer and comes back with amongst supplies, a boot for Nux. He's like, here you go. And you're like, you didn't have to get him a boot, but you went out, you were thinking for your poor, dumb, dying buddy. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love that. They're just like relationship as it goes. Well, as they're like, now we're teammates, now we're fighting. So therefore I show you respect because you have earned it, you know? And yeah, because we're looking out for one another and we're, we're trying to survive the same set of circumstances now. Uh, and finally, we come to Furiosa. Amy Jo, your thoughts on that Charlize and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I love her. I love her. Also, I've been thinking about buzzing my head again and I'll tell you what, this movie didn't help. I was like, <laughs> hmm, do I wait till my next hair appointment or do we get out the clippers? Uh. Um, gosh, she's just so cool, but she also is just like, it's like that moment really where she discovers that the green place is no longer there, you know, and she like walks off and, and just like has that like, almost silent howl type. Well, I mean, it's not silent, but like, we just don't really hear it that much. Like, she's just so good. Originally, she would have found out that there was no green place. It would have just been like, you hear everyone's voices about like, oh, it was brackish, everything dried up, we had to leave. 
And then it would just go to, okay, now we've got the motorcycles. Like, or, or it would be pretty much her, like, I want to talk to you, Max, about there's a space for you. If you want to ride with us, mm-hmm. we're, like, leaving. So that moment was not in the film. Wow. And that was Charlize, Being 100%. Like, She's oh, like, yes. I need, I think she should have a moment because this is complete loss. She, she this needs is the to have one that. thing that yeah. she had. Well, and what that does in that moment is it also it shifts it from being like she is the protector of these young women to like she was selling herself this fantasy just as hard as she was selling it to them and like it just it makes it so much more like tragic rather than just like okay, I'm just a problem-solving machine. You know, it really ooh, it just and I think yeah, just really shifts the way that we we see her. She's oh, lost yeah. everything at yeah. that point. Yeah, Man. pretty much. Um, but yeah, you got to cast someone else, Amy Joe. I Uh-oh, sure she do. She said no. Who are you casting? Who? Well, I think if this were made a few, like a decade or two earlier, like Gina Davis, sure, or Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, you know, just thinking like who are like my my strong acting action chicks we've seen know? sigourney with the shaved head in alien 3 we, she can well, we've also off. seen sigourney in yeah number of numerous action films you know like totally be so great um i think uh denai guerrera from black panther like she's and walking dead yeah and walking dead yeah, 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 yeah i forget that people know her from that um i'm like you know the playwright um but she <laughs> man she's just someone who like charlize you're like she runs so deep and you're also like, I don't want to get on your bad side or I will be dead immediately. You know, uh, I just feel like she would be killer in this role. Uh, I think Angelina Jolie is like, yeah, she's on yeah. my list as someone who I was like, if this were, especially if this were made uh, like earlier, like when she was like more, um, you know, in films more frequently, you know, like, and she's doing like Tomb Raider and other stuff. That's like more actiony. Like I could see that. Um, yeah, those were those were my main thoughts. You know, it's it's I think it's one of those that's like easy enough to cast okay. Actually harder to cast as well as it's cast here. I'm looking at my picks now and I'm like, okay, these women are all badasses, but like can they play the depth that Charlize brings to mm-hmm. this? Okay. Yeah, who do you got, Robin? Well, my number one who could totally bring the depth is Miss Amy Jo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> First time someone suggested. <laughs> you would be amazing. Curiosa, sorry. Well, I there almost... you go, Amy. You got to let's break out those clippers. Buzz yes, that head for the brand new head. Mad Max, Furiosa a musical prequel. spectacular. Oh my god! They're they're looking for a younger Furiosa for the prequels. I'm not that much younger, sadly. <laughs> Charlize is what? She's born in like what mid seventies? Seventy five, I think. You're young. So. Well, yes, I am. I am you younger, but times are ticking. Times are ticking. Anyway, I think for the the stage adaptation, I'm thinking. Yeah, Furiosa! Exclamation point! Oh, perfectly. <laughs> yes, Fur- Furiosa! <laughs> Amazing. Oh gosh. Okay, so I think my top picks. Um, I feel like there's some really obvious ones, like. Mila Jovovich. Sure. Um, yeah, I thought of her too. Uma yeah. Thurman. Yeah. Uh, this is this role is probably maybe a little too close to like her role in Matrix, but Carrie Ann Moss would be Ooh. would be great. Yeah. Um, I think Rosario Dawson might actually be my top Love pick it. because mm-hmm. she could bring the badassery and the uh the depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I thought of this and then I couldn't I couldn't unpicture it, and I don't know that i've ever seen her do action but i i'm sure she could and that's kate blanchett 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. think of Thor Ragnarok. You know, yeah. she's yeah, literally. She has kicking. the badassery in her presence. Yes. Yeah. I I don't know that I've. Does she do fight like extensive? I mean, combat a lot of CGI, scenes. but she is like she's fighting in that Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, because um, I mean, you know, outside of the Charlie's one is- big fight with Tom Hardy. Most of it's not like hand to hand, not physical yeah. combat. Not you're you're firing shots. a gun, you're driving the car. That's true. And it's very quick cuts. So it's much easier to do one like one like slice, one take of something that then you're going to do a different setup for the next thing rather than like this is a 10 minute action sequence that we're going to film in one go every time and you yeah. have to like hit all the marks and everything. It is easier to do things in in pieces that way. Yeah, but I love it. I love the idea yeah. of Kate Blanchett. Uh, I didn't think of it until right this moment, but I'm like, what about Rosamund Pike? Just thinking of people with like oh, intensity. intensity. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure not. Uh, but who I had on my list originally, uh, I'm always recommending her, but give me that Tandy Way Newton. I want that. Oh, yeah. I want that's a badass right there. Yeah. Uh, I could see if you want if you want an Aussie, give me Naomi Watts. I could see. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I guess I haven't seen her in enough to be okay. able to say whether or not I am excited about that. Sure. Other than like she's beautiful. Well, how about this? Because I'm also thinking of the eyes, because Charlize has those intense yes. yeah. eyes. What about Jennifer Connolly? Also yes. not someone known for action, but, oh, but, yeah. but I think known for the depth, baby. Could be there, it could be there. Um, known more for action and for that intensity. Uh Lena Hetty. Cersei yeah. or Wine yeah. Queen, as you know her, Amy Jo from Game of the Thrones. The one episode of Game of Thrones I've seen was the shame. Oh, episode. that one. Yeah. And so, of course, now, but I'm glad because it's so oft quoted. I'm like, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> but yes, Jeff was like walking me through, like, well, okay, so sh- she drinks too much wine. And this is, this. I was like, okay, so Wine Queen's doing this, you know. So, yes, she's now wine. still Wine Queen. <laughs> or her Game of Thrones co-star. <gasps> Why did I not Gwendolyn think of her? Gwendolyn Christie. Why did I not oh! think of Gwendolyn Christie? Brianna Well, she herself. couldn't do it opposite teeny tiny Tom Hardy. Oh, no. towering over that teeny yeah. tiny Hardy. Pocket Hardy. Pocket Hardy. <laughs> I've got the pocket full of Hardy. Um, yeah, it's true. Robin size Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, it's Gwendolyn Christie and Nicholas Holt just like pushing Hardy around. <laughs> Give me your lunch money, nerd. <laughs> Bossing Bronson around. <laughs> just tied up, tied up like the mermaid on top of a ship and just like on, guys, <laughs> knocking him over. Just throwing sand at him. <laughs> uh, so Charlize grew up on the Mad Max movies as they are very popular in South Africa. And she said watching the violence of Mad Max felt very visceral, very real, and very connected to her environment. She wasn't scared by it, but remembered being in awe of it. And so she said that George Miller came to L.A., they met for lunch, and she said, oh, my God, I'll do whatever I need to do. I really, really want to be part of this movie. And he said, okay. He just cast her. She's the only person that did not audition. He just met her, and he said, I knew behind that elegant facade there was some real grit to that person. Even as she's sitting somewhere having lunch, you understand that, and you see it in her work. Well, and she also had already, hadn't she already won her Oscar? Yes. And so, like, Monster is not an elegant, sophisticated performance. So he also already has some more information there, and, like, Yes, she trained as a ballet dancer, which you think, like, for some people, that just, like, pulls you up and gives you that high. But it also, like, means she has been aware from an early age of how to be physically expressive in various ways, you know? So, 
So he wasn't going in just like, I've only seen her doing these hoity-toity oh, things. of course, of course. Um, then it was, because it was like very important to him. It's like, how do they look together? It is, a, it's not just casting your Furiosa and your Max, but it is their, them together. Right. And I do think that they work so well together, probably because they could not stand each other while filming, uh, which I think works. You either, yep. if you love your scene partner or you hate your scene partner. And that makes for fireworks on film. But, it's a uh, kind of chemistry. Yeah, but for the first time that they got them together so Miller could see them, the casting director, Ron Crest, said, they looked so unbelievable together. It was perfect. There was no question in my mind that we had done the right thing. And while I was waving goodbye to them, I backed my car into a pole and crashed the side of my car. <laughs> and Charlize asked if she was okay. And she said, I'm fine. I was just staring at you guys. That's how intense it was. Wow. <laughs> I would be staring at them. Let's too. be real. Those two people, <laughs> the pe- people that look like that, and you're like, I can't, I can't look away. I can't, I can't look at the road. Look at that. Look at all that star power. But yeah, like and going back to Hardy being a bit of a diva, like he, if it was an early shoot, like it was like no point. Like he wouldn't show up if it was early. Come on, guy. I, yeah. And so Char- there was one day where it came to a head where like Charlize was just like there in the truck. And like Hardy hadn't got, it's like nine o'clock. It's like nine o'clock, supposed to be starting to shoot now. And like he's he's not showing up. So she's just sitting there and like, do you want to come out, Charlize? Like, you can, like, she's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine here to make a point. And it was like two, maybe three hours. And by the time, when he finally showed up to set, she like came out of the truck cursing a blue streak at him, swearing him out. And apparently it wasn't until, because they also, they shot almost exclusively in sequence i think like the prologue with him max being captured i think they shot that possibly after everything else but for the most part they shot in sequence so they had a very difficult time up until the scene where he stops them all and like no we got to go through and they, he's got like the hand out and they're clapping hands and they're together and like after and like he's just like that was real good like wow he's just complimenting her and walks away and like the women and Charlize are like, who's that? Who's this person now who has done like a 180? And I don't know if it's just by the, so much filming has gone on that now that he's finally coalesced with them as a group. If it's that he's a method and he's like, oh, in character, now I'm like, trust these people. I have no idea what nonsense was going on, but apparently like he turned on a dime at that moment, which better late than never, but was apparently a bit difficult to work with. On the set. I'm so irritated by everything you've just told me. I get it. It's not like he was the most famous person in that movie either. By a long shot. It's like what warrants that behavior? Just like show up. Like that's the thing too. When you know that like everyone's had to be in makeup. She's got like all that stuff on her forehead that has to be like in different stages of array or disarray. So like how long does that take to do continuity on? How long is she... And, and you're you in the middle of a damn up. desert. Yeah. <laughs> you're on location. Yeah, you are. It was It was like, there's like nothing there where they were filming. Yeah, they you're were, not like, oh, you know what, bro? I got caught in traffic. Right, right. LA, you know. No. <laughs> you're, you're, there's a van waiting to take you from wherever you're staying to set. What? Uh, mm, yeah. Mm, 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 but mm. to get back on a lighter note, let's just chat about the other women who were up for the role of Furiosa. Oh, oh yeah. Right off the bat, Jessica Chastain read. Oh. I can understand, and I am 
I think she's very talented. I am glad it did not go her way. Yeah, yeah I love her, but I don't not for this. Wrong. She's no. she is walking Cheetah the Fragile. You know what I mean? She's stealing. Yes. But she she yeah. is Cheetah the Fragile. Yeah. This year instead she had the Martian and uh Crimson Peak, the Guillermo del Toro movie, where she's given a bonkers performance in that in a very good way. She's given a very fun, like she's Tom Hiddleston's sister, like incredibly possessive sister and bananas. But great. Um, but it's hard to see her. It's hard to see her in this. Uh, Ruth Nega was considered talking about uh-huh. the new the new Macbeth with Daniel Craig right. that she's playing Lady Macbeth right now, uh, which she's been in such things as Loving, which she got an Oscar nomination for, and Passing, and uh, of this past year or two, and does uh, on that AMC show Preacher, uh, which I, I could see her in 2015. Instead, she had a guest arc on Agents of Shield. This is the year before Loving, which got her Oscar nom. So this could be like. A splashy, the, you, but you yeah. don't need to have established stars. No, as the, your the name is the leads. star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I could see that. Uh, Gal Gadot was considered in general, and they ultimately decided that she was a little too young for Furiosa, a little too old for how they were casting the wives. But I get it. Yeah, I get it. I think after having seen <laughs> Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman 1984, because the listener heard us the excited this did come off well i think because we realized how much she was being held up by those other actors which is not to say that she's bad just to say that she's not necessarily like like good. i thought she was very very good in the death on the nile but again an ensemble piece she's not carrying the thing and so this is an ensemble piece and she's not actually being asked to do that much really um but that's where i think you have someone like charlize who it's like every moment there's not a moment wasted and i think we maybe map a lot on to gal gadot in a way that i don't have to with charlize do you know what i mean totally definitely and ding 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 to robin because uma thurman was considered and i mean come on yeah yeah that makes a lot we know she kicks ass yeah she'd be great and also put her in more stuff i feel like uma is barely working nowadays. Yeah, good point. She's, I mean, I she don't pops know. up. If Maybe you look she doesn't at her IMDb, want to she's, so much. No, yeah. she's working, but it's in like a lot of like shows that I think are getting like the 13 episode pickup and then getting canceled. Or yeah. maybe they're like limited eight episode Netflix shows that immediately get buried. She's working, but she it's stuff that been, no one's seeing. Like for a while, like raising her daughter kind of Definitely. thing. You yeah. know? Absolutely. She and Ethan Hawke also like divorced. So it's also right. like not know, not knowing their custody arrangement. You know? She may just need time to, to evolve into a different kind of role. Totally. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Cause sure. it's, it's easier for men to just find roles as they age. Whereas women, it's kind of like, well, you're not in the right bracket yet because we know women don't exist between the ages uh-huh. of 30 and 50. So, um, gotta wait. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. But those are all the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we didn't mention. I want to briefly touch on them. Uh, there is Megan Hale as Valkyrie. So George Miller was originally supposed to do, speaking of Wonder Woman, he was supposed to make a Justice League movie back before all of this, like, man of new Man of Steel and Ben Affleck as Batman, wait before Wonder Woman. Back in, like, the early aughts, he was gonna make a, a Justice League movie He'd cast her as Wonder Woman. He had ca- he like cast it, and then it just fell through. Ah. But he told her he always he said I'd love to still work with you one day, and she kind of thought that that was just like a nice thing to say, consolation, kind of, a verbal tip, if right. you will. And he wrote the role of Valkyrie for her because originally it was just the Vavolini were all these old women. There wasn't he's like there's no real role for you. You're too you're 
not right for the wives. There's like nothing really for you. Uh, and he realized like, oh no, I'm going to write this for you so you could be like her former childhood friend for Furiosa. Yeah. So you have someone that like, not just remembers her, but someone which their like reunion is so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, just that moment. Yeah, that's a beautiful moment. Which once again, she has so few lines and I feel like she makes such a big impact. Absolutely. For me. Um, but yes, her and Charlie Saren were born the exact same day of the same year. Wow. Exact same age, uh, which I love. Apparently she realized she was pregnant during filming. So I believe she like pretty much tried to like, can I get away? It was like a few different stories. Because there's no world in which she can be nude and naked <laughs> living in the desert among women. Like, you know what I mean? Isn't she the. Yeah. No, she, yeah. 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 That character can't be pregnant. Well, I think it was like whilst is they she, were filming is what I'm saying. Did but, they use a body double? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that like probably post that, I think I, whatever it was that she pretty much was like, is there a way to get me out of filming sooner? So she, your character was supposed to make it to the end and instead mm. kind of very quickly gets oh. run over by the people eater. Yeah. Right. I was actually thinking last night that for what they'd done to build up her character, you know, like it's abrupt. It does seem like it's almost she dies brutal. a little too soon in in, in the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag brutal. No, but but you're it did feel like so abrupt in a way that was like ah in She's, a way that yeah. like I think highlights the the world that we're living in. But yeah, sure. that makes sense knowing that's like that wasn't the intention. Yes, that does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and as for the Vovellini themselves, I mean they're the best. Killing. Just all these old, I like, Hell's Angels grandma. Oh. Uh, the one, uh, the spotlight one, Melissa Jaffer, who was the keeper of the seeds, who's, like, mm -hmm. the one in the passenger seat with Charlize at the end there. Uh, she was asked why she took a part in the film. And she, she's 78 years old. 78 years old. Still alive, by the way. Uh, and she said, when this role came along, I thought, well, I won't get another chance like this before I die. And that's why I took it. It was absolutely wonderful. And apparently, all of the Vuvolini did their own stunts. Come on now. Wow. They're just riding these motorcycles. They're doing all this action. They are the real deal. I love Come. that. Yes. Are um, they all Aussies? I got chills when you said that. <laughs> are, are I was like, that's going to be me. Um, I believe that so. That feels like an Aussie Aussies. mentality. Like, yeah. There's Been one on of the them. Before. You know, I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to do my own stunts, baby. <laughs> it's the yes. Aussie. It's how we did in the outback. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It adds such a great energy. Them, I, I just love the scene of them meeting the wives. Like, where did you find such strange creatures? Of mm -hmm. them just ex investigating each other. I thought it was like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just this little bit that we get of, because uh, like, yeah, outside of Valkyrie, well, we've never seen a, anyone this young in decades. Yeah. I think that like they almost pair them too so that the wives each gets paired with the older woman that looks like the future version of that. Like, yeah. Cause the dad, I, I feel like when the dad, she's going to be the new her, keeper. The she, yeah, yeah. She's seeing her, her future in oh. a way. Oh, I love it. I love that little moment. That's a, that's a, it made the trailer of her. Like she gets the seeds and pops out and she puts her hand on the glass to her when she's the keep, when she's already like clearly has is dead. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, but I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll do a shout out to them because us watching it last night, we were like, these are two Shakespearean actors oh, right here. Yes. We gotta talk about these guys. John Howard as the people eater and Richard Carter as the bullet farmer. Uh, him especially, that bullet farmer. He, he is What was it again? I am the scales of justice. Yes. Do you remember what else? Yes. Said? What was it? Oh, um, 
I am the conductor of the choir of death. The conductor of the choir of right, death. Right, then what were we saying after that? Like, <laughs> I am the music minister of in hell. <laughs> he just keeps going. They're like, have I hit them yet? Are we still driving? I, I literally can't say. Uh, he, he had worked with George Miller before. He'd been in both, because you'll forget this, because George Miller, what a random career he's had. He directed... And Richard Carter was in both of the Happy Feet movies and Babe 2, Pig in the City. Wow. No, Pig in the City. <laughs> Not pig in the City. I was expecting. It was Pig in the City. Uh, <laughs> Babe 3, Fury Road. No, no. <laughs> Babe 3, Burnt Bacon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're both very fun. Uh, I, I was thinking watching particularly the People Eater, I was like, this is also maybe like a Hugo Weaving role. You know, if this were a as bigger... As the people eater or as the bullet farmer? Bullet farmer. Bullet sorry, farmer. sorry, bullet farmer. I was like, this is like a... I was going to say, he, he he doesn't look like he's been eating too many people that... Uh, Hugo Weaving? Hugo Weaving, no. yeah. But he does Pretty look like he's been farming bullets, eaters. you know? No, but, but I was like, if this were a bigger part, this feels like a Hugo Weaving moment. Or oh, um, yeah. it is also... It's such like a Denethor moment. I was yes. like, I'll get John Noble for this too, oh, you know? Like sure. just, so I'm like, I just want all the older character actors to be in everything. My my mind went back to my rock stars and I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm seeing Ozzy as the bullet farmer. Ozzy could be a great bullet farmer, but then who do we have as... But I'm almost seeing someone Keith like... Richards. Oh, ooh, ooh. Well, there's room okay, for so Dave Grohl Ozzie... somewhere in there. I feel like you could there's throw him in something. There's always room for Dave Grohl. We'll make <laughs> room for always... him. But I'm thinking, like, you know, we have all we have all these showmen, you know. So if if Ozzy is King John, you know, uh, if Ozzy is <laughs> Morton Show, <laughs> then like, what if we have like for <laughs> for the Bullet Farmer, we have like Elton John in full, Elton. like Cornelia. <gasps> I was going to say Alice Cooper, but no, Elton John. No, Alice Cooper is a Morton Joe, you know. Alice Cooper could just be the one with the guitar and the flame. Alice Cooper is that guy. No, see, that's what I actually want, because I was going to save that for later, but I'll get to that right now. It's uh, this musician, he goes by Iota as the doof warrior with his flamethrower guitar. But what would you put in there if you could have anything? And of course, the flamethrower guitar we want, but I'm like, what if instead you just hear you're like, what, what is that I hear? As like the camera pans in, revealing Elton John with his full like feathers mm-hmm. and piano that he is just playing. He is scoring I was our justified chase. Right. when I was five. <laughs> just pan <laughs> over. You could put anything. You could have whatever. You pan over. It's Liza. Liza's here the whole time. <laughs> Stop spreading You know, you, you pan over and it's the bus. It's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You have well, your, you that, got Hugo Weaving. And that's the only thing Terrence missing Mann. from this movie is the Priscilla drag, bus. Which this like, movie's missing drag queen. In the, but no, the bus queen. in the line of all the war rigs. <laughs> yeah. We're missing Dragtown. We're missing Dragville, you know. Uh, we're yeah. There's like the whole. We've got the crows. We've got the the bullet farm. We've got Gas Town, and then we have like Dragopolis or something. You know, Gag Town. Gag Town. <laughs> Goop Town. Oh no. Gagged and Gooped Town. The drag queens from Gag Town have arrived. I think whatever town that Tina Turner was presiding let's over get, is the drag let's town. Let's get instead of the Doof Warrior. Let's get RuPaul. Oh. With like a catwalk. Mm. 
The Roof Warrior. <laughs> the Roof Warrior. <laughs> well, don't think that I wasn't, sadly, my brain has been so uh, fried by so many seasons of Drag Race that when... Shantae, like, you, you slay. Where they're like, what are what are you looking for? She's like, redemption. That I, in my mind, spelled it redemption. Redemption, yeah. 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 Actually, Redemption is a great drag name <laughs> and, <laughs> at this point. And kind of fitting just to take it back to Iota. Who I, do th- I mean, what an impact of so someone that's good. barely in this movie, but this to me is yes. one of the highlights. Oh. That they, in 2005, they made their name, because they're also in, uh, in Australia, in their theatrical debut as Hedwig in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, oh. in a highly acclaimed performance that garnered him a Green Room Award, a Sydney Theatre Critics Award, and a Helpman Award for Best Male Actor in a Musical. I'm going to follow this person. Yeah. So what if he's just doing justice exactly everything he's doing, but he's dressed like Hedwig? He's dressed like, well, then he's yeah. the ambassador from Gagopolis, you know, Ooh. and he's, he's singing Wig in a Box. Yeah. You know? I like it. Okay. I think we've really, <laughs> we're really punched up honing this in movie. On <laughs> One of the really, few ways to heighten this film. This movie needed a little visual stimulation. So I think we've done it. <laughs> this is why you two it. need to be casting directors <laughs> in real life. What if we just got Hedwig? Okay, we're taking lunch. <laughs> Uh, and of course, finally, we have Hugh Keysburn as a Morton Joe, uh, who is in the very first Mad Max movie as the villain Toe Cutter, who dies. But they figured, well, he's going to have this mask on. Who's gonna no, who know? cares? Who's going to know? Um, but apparently, is a big theater actor in Australia. He's since, you can tell since by passed the way, away. The but... way that he walks through space, like he's got all that gear on and everything, and he seems so fragile, but then he just like. Like just the way he like storms through space when you get like a full body shot of him, I'm like, this is an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I think he made such a big impact, and I mean, yeah. so much of that is the costume, is whatever modulation they're doing to his voice. But it is you're only getting the eyes. But the like, eyes are so doing expressive. The eyes yeah. are yes. Yeah. I wish the voice had been. I don't know if he was affecting it or if it was also affected, but. I wish it had been a little less affected because you almost need subtitles at certain points. Mm. Like, I think I had to sure. watch the movie several times before I understood, like, this is Gastown and this is the Bullet Farm and that's where these other armies are coming from. And, like, because I, I missed it in his the, opening monologue. It's not just him. Like, the reason I couldn't remember his name is because I never understood what they were calling him. Yeah. I finally read it, and I was like, oh, Immorton Joe. It I thought there was, like, like Morton. Uh, Morton. Like, it, Morton Williams. It does feel like yeah. it was originally Immortal Joe, yes. and they someone made a typo, and they were like, that's kind of fun. No, or if they're yeah. like, well, we can't have that. That's too on the nose. Let's do something almost that, and but make it a little weirder. The names. Can we talk about the names for just a moment? Would Chino Please. the Fragile? Well, like Rictus Erectus. Oh, yeah, that's oh, Rictus great. Erectus, the Organic Mechanic. The Organic that's Mechanic, so yes. They're, they're fun. I, 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 love, I, think I love Organic I, Mechanic. The mechanic. Organic Mechanic is excellent. This is the first time I noticed Nux call it, referring to him as Organic. organic. Like, that's his first it, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, you know, hang up, fix up my blood bag, Organic. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I love it, though. I love it, all these weird names. I mean, that's, he's just built, George Miller has just built this world. The world. And I'm always down to play play in this world, and it's just with of all it. of these ridiculous names and towns and people and places. Well, don't worry, Robin. You and I, our co-write will be Furiosa! Exclamation point! The Rock Opera. Yes. <laughs> we already have our Furiosa and Capable. 
We're ready. All right, if we pool all our resources, maybe we can buy the rights. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have no trouble getting this IP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so final thoughts. Uh, start with you, Robin. Anything else? Any characters we didn't touch on? Any moments that you wanted to shout out? Because this really is, I mean, it's a movie made in the details. It is like everyone from Miss Giddy to like every single one of these small roles, like they are all bringing it. Yes. It's like, and I don't know, I don't, I haven't even watched, I've seen the first Mad Max, but I haven't seen the others. Oh, Th- Thunderdome's the only other one I've seen, but it's so fun. It's I need to Tina watch it. Turner going, Thunderdome! Over <laughs> and over. And I say it at every opportunity. So you should def, def give it a watch. Yes, yes. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's like Easter eggs and stuff like that in this movie as well. But it's like the, the, the details, you know, that the missable details in this just require repeat watching. This is time I was really looking at when uh, Amort and Joe know, realizes the wives are missing and goes into like their area. You see like all these books like stacked up in the wall. Yes. I noticed the books for the first the time small too. Little this watching. Pool, but I never noticed, I never noticed the books. I'm too, I was too busy always looking at the graffiti that they drew yeah. on and we are not things. Well, you notice who, like the piano and the chandelier yeah. and the pool and the graffiti, but like, all the stuff like for them to, b- to build them this little yeah in that yeah. set design a yeah. whole story uh amy joe anything any final thoughts this is just tied to what you just uh were talking about with the set design of that room and this is like super weird but that pool just something about it felt very fetal to me sure. like it's like connected with an umbilical cord yeah. oh i was wall. thinking it looked like a sperm leading to an egg i thought it looked oh. like a sperm i thought it also looked like like uh you know a fetus connected with an umbilical cord like th- just stuff like that where it's like that is not unintentional no matter what they yeah. were thinking oh it's a sperm or it's, a th- it's like it's meant to evoke womb. It's meant to evoke reproduction. It was like their mating pool or yeah, something. Yeah, or just like, oh, it's beautiful, but also we put this in here. But it's just like that level of detail everywhere. It's just like, how fun to have the budget to be able to execute your ideas is like yeah. what I feel watching this movie being like, oh, you were able to go like, oh, we'd like this detail and then put it in. And it's, what it, th- oh. that richness pays off. Yeah, it's wild that this movie got made. Yeah. Because it is of like of how much money, of how much, like just the practical effects alone, like just to look at how they made this movie is crazy. Well, even just putting this many people in the desert, that alone <laughs> is so expensive. <laughs> I'm like, what totally. I could do with the amount of money they spent on transpo alone, you know? <laughs> on catering. <laughs> on catering. Yeah. On craft services. Uh, um, but yeah, overall, I would just say, like, it is a movie that, like, I think grows every time that I watch it and you get more details. And you, the thing is, is like, oh, that's what it was. You said to me, Jeff, which I hadn't realized, that everything, every frame of this movie, the thing they want you to be looking at is dead center because there's so many quick cuts that you're not distracted looking around going like, where's my eye supposed to go? You just like keep focusing center so they can go like all around. I was like, that's why it can have this many quick cuts and I don't feel nauseated and I don't feel confused or like sometimes get a headache watching certain movies that have this many quick cuts and everything, but you never feel that. It's like, oh, because there was an eye to like, how can we deftly and carefully guide the viewer through this experience. Apparently George Miller said, keep the crosshairs on her nose always like, or his, his or her right. nose is always just like, regardless of if that means that like some of them, their head is cut off. It's like, no, keep it right there on the nose. Like that's what we should always be seeing no matter where 
when we cut, we cut back, that we go right back to it. Uh, I'll end with this. While on location in Africa filming, in June 2012, Dana Grant, the stunt double for Charlize Theron, and Dane Grant, the rehearsal double for Tom Hardy, met, fell in love, and in March 2013, got married. In February 2014, they had their first child, a son, named, fitting, considering the movie they met on, Ryder. Oh. Wow. So, if not the actual Furio said, Max, at least their stunt doubles got, yeah. got along. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Joe. Jeffrey. What you're recommending this week? Gosh, thanks for asking. I'm recommending a podcast called Decoder Ring. Um, uh, I'm just going to read you the little about descriptor. Decoder Ring is the show about cracking cultural mysteries. In each episode, host Willa Paskin takes a cultural question, object, or habit, examines its history, and tries to figure out what it means and why it matters. And it's just super fun, super interesting. I think the first one I listened to was about one of the like large what are the, like the animatronic characters at Chuck E. Cheese's that like disappeared from the lineup suddenly like some some guy like contacts her and it's like I I used to go to Chuck E. Cheese's my favorite was this character that was the king it was like an Elvis type impersonator and then suddenly they were all gone from every Chuck E. Cheese and what happened and then so she like does all this investigation and delves into like the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese versus showbiz pizza wars and all this stuff. and it, all the episodes are like like that just like wild wild there's there's like friend of dorothy murphy's law bart sipson mania chuck e cheese pizza war they're like all these things so um it's really fun and i just always like light but thorough reporting about stuff that like you're just like oh i didn't even think that was a thing that i was curious about but now i want to like go and find out more so that is decoder ring Excellent. What about you, Robin? What would you like to recommend? Well, this is a little odd, but um, we but love I mentioned odd. earlier. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Well, then you might like this. Uh, I, I love all things post-apocalyptic. And uh, this is one of my favorite films. It's a French film from 1991. It is a post-apocalyptic surrealist black comedy uh, about the landlord of an apartment building who occasionally prepares a delicacy for his odd tenants. So, What's it called? Delicatessen. Yes. Oh. Did I not mention you it? Did not, no. <laughs> there you go. No, oh, I, I, I love Delicatessen. It's an early film from uh, Jean-Pierre Jeannot, who did Amelie yes. and City of Lost Children. Yes, and um, it's kind of a combination of those two. Very nice, dark. Yes, so you have some comedy. of the romance and, yeah. and then some of the <laughs> steampunk weirdness. Yeah, it's, Delicatessen. it's great. Delicatessen, love it. Uh, and I am going to recommend the book where I got all this research from, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road by Kyle Buchanan. If you love this movie like I do, I uh, strongly recommend to pick this up. There's so much more that we didn't even touch on because we try, I try to keep the focus mainly to casting, but there's so much about how this got made and is how it almost didn't. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da-da-da. Uh, and so big thanks to Robin Cage, our guest. Where can people find you? People Aww. got to know, Robin. 
Uh, yes. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, so it's such an honor. We're thrilled to have you. Um, you can find me at robincage.com. Uh, Robin spelled with a Y. I have music on YouTube. I have music on Spotify. And uh, on Twitter, I'm Robin Cage Music. And so many really, like, epically cool music videos. Yeah. I make a lot of, if you like the post-apocalyptic desert aesthetic. She's got you. I've beaten it to death in my music videos. <laughs> if you were watching Free Road and you're like, what if Capable was a rock star? Exactly. Go look up Robin Cage. What's yes. the, which, because uh, I've watched so many of your videos at this point, like which which is the one with the f- piano on fire? The piano on fire is called Burning Now, but I also have one called Fallout where I'm wearing my Capable goggles <laughs> <laughs> and we turn into zombies. Um, that's another post-apocalyptic one. Born in the Desert is is another one. Like they're just, Yeah. It's a theme. Excellent. Tremendous. I love it. Uh, listener, do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. And if you want to find out, gosh, what are those kooky kids doing <laughs> next week on the pod? I'd love to know in advance. Actually, this was a Robin Cage suggestion early on. You said to us, like, oh, I would just love to know before it drops what the movie is so maybe I could watch it before it comes out. So that's why we started announcing it a few days early on our Instagram. So this is VV full circle. But yeah, you can follow us at and almost starring and we'll we'll let you know. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.